Welcome to Team CC High School's All Women's Initiative podcast series, your number one podcast for all women concerned topics without the social justice warrior vibe. I'm your host, Emily Rodriguez, and I'm joined by a fabulous panel of level-headed, non-third wave feministy women who will be analyzing some sensitive yet crucial topics. Here they are for you today. Meredith, start us off. Hi, I'm Meredith, and that's all I have to say about it. Hello, I'm Sophia Kuzmik, and I support both men and women's right here in Nevada and across the globe. Hello, I'm Emily Carter, and technically I'm here to make sure no fights break out between these three and to also offer my opinion. Now that you've met our panel today and experienced their interesting introductions, it's time to start our weighted scheduled program. So during the next 15 to 18 minutes, we'll be discussing eliminating the statutes of limitations. Meredith, would you like to give our audience a a more in-depth profile of our topic today? Why not? Statutes of limitations are the laws that involve assault crimes and the time people spend in prison because of them. The types of crimes that fall under statutes of limitations are murder, sexual assault, sex trafficking, robbery, and arson, just to name a few. But what we'll be focusing on today is sex trafficking. Um, thank you, Meredith, for that outline of our main points today. As she said, guys, we'll be discussing statutes of limitation along with many other topics that are relevant yet touchy. So please, if this isn't the program for you today, visit us next week at our podcast where we'll be answering um, listeners' questions from our various social media platforms. So now that that disclaimer is out, let's first discuss the current status of the statutes of limitations legislative in Nevada. Sophia, the floor is yours. Thank you, Emily. So here in Nevada, we are pushing to eliminate the statutes of limitations to give more punishment to people who have committed crimes such as murder, sexual assault, and sex trafficking. Um, Unfortunately, here in Nevada, one of the major issues is sex trafficking, which is why we're going to talk so heavily about it. Um, As of right now, if you're convicted of sex trafficking, you get four years in prison, and that's it, which is a very short amount of time. So, um, I think we should push to add more time to sentences like this. According to a report from Awaken Communities United to End Sex Trafficking in Reno, Nevada, sex trafficking is the act that is forced upon someone under the age of 18 to perform a commercial sex act in exchange for profit. Awaken also reported that 1,500 women and children are being sold online for sex at any given time in the northern Nevada area. I'd also like to point out that not only is it women, But uh, men are also being sex trafficked, and according to Nevada efforts to combat human trafficking, uh, this hotline gets 54 males per day reporting sex trafficking. And so with that, I would like to bring up the fact that so many cases in Nevada are being brought up showing the need for this new legislature because these criminals are only getting four years of jail time, and they're going right back out there and preying on these victims again. It definitely depends on the crime, who was targeted, who's doing the crime, I feel like that plays a role in it because, you know, there's a jury that helps decide whether you're guilty or not guilty. And they're human, the criminals and the um, jury. They're all, everybody's human for the most part. And so I think that definitely plays about plays a part in how the people, how the sentences are given out because it might be one person that, on the jury that believes that they don't deserve as much jail time and another person that does, so they have to come to a middle agreement. So I really think it just depends on the circumstances and how things end up playing out in court. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Meredith, there. And really, if they don't get it the first time, then there's really something wrong with the time limit. Um, that's a really great point and great discussion, panelists. It's interesting to see how these people can get away with an easy four-year sentence. I agree with all three of you, um, and I would also like to add that this source also disclosed that 80 80- 
percent of these convicted criminals had 12 prior convictions of sex trafficking. Um, so it's clear that the statute of limitations needs to be eliminated because the convicted criminals are serving such a short amount of time and then going right back out and doing it again. Not only that, but this, um, this would also help the victims because it give them security knowing that the abuser was behind bars for more than just four years. Yeah, and I mean, keeping the people in mind, potential victims, I mean, they want the security that they deserve. And for those condemned, they really need to be influenced properly. I think it's also kind of a double-edged sword because, yes, while they are secure physically from this person, they're not mentally. The mental trauma that this guy, women, whatever, put on these people is going to stay there for a very, very, very long time. Um, imagine all of the trauma. That's a great point, Meredith. Um, all of these people, and I'd like to add, um, adding on to what Sophia said, it's not only women that suffer, but now you have men and children who are thrown onto the spectrum. So how are these people supposed to get relief? Um, but yet, think about the time limit. It's a really controversial issue because the space America lacks in their jails and prisons today. Um, thanks, guys. Not only were those claims well thought out, but the evidence is surely there. Um, to look at the current state of the statutes of limitation legislative in Nevada. Now, before we move on, let's go to our regular program ad break. Pantsuits are not a thing anymore. Stop trying to make it happen. It's not going to happen. Come to Ross Dress or Less, where dreams come true at lower prices, unless you wish to run for election. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Our next segment of the program discusses dilemma of overflowing prisons. Emily, start us off. Hey. So to start, it sounds like a good idea to have more people to be contained for longer periods, but then again, there comes this reoccurring issue of overflow in prisons. So pretty much for the line, more criminals to be withheld, that means more money, resources, and staff are required, and pretty much overflow in prisons is inevitable to avoid if it comes to this. If overflow is to be avoided, then the rates in which Nevada has increased at admissions does not support this claim to avoid this occurrence. And it has been recorded that Nevada incarnates 468 people per 100,000 residents. So pretty much, and also, their rates have increased by 6% in the last decade. This is not helping anyone. Because the more people, the more they acquire, the more funding, space, staff, and resources that are already limited as it is. It won't be easy to intake more people when the limit is being reached, and even if it sounds like a good idea, it's not going to be easy. I agree with you, Emily. I think it is very important to take into account that we do not have space for these criminals. Adding more time to their sentences will only decrease the space that is left for new incoming criminals because their spaces are already filled. Um, so if we're going to pass this legislature, we really need to look at whether or not we should let the inmates out who have no violence on their record or little to no violence on their record. I agree, but we really need to move on. Before we move on, real quick, Meredith, we should highly consider what Sophia has to say. Logically, how would we gain prison space? Maybe for minor instances like infractions regarding marijuana, take those people out of jail. But think about the stakeholders, guys. How would our community feel if we let those type of people out? Yeah, I would like to talk about stakeholders really quick, but I want to move in on the criminals and how they would feel, because criminals have feelings too, no matter what. And so by caging them up with so many more people and giving them longer time, are we dehumanizing them? Um, we have to look into account that given only the minimum treatment necessary to keep them reasonably comfortable, not necessarily to extend their life or combat their illnesses, that's from an article called Do Inmates Have Rights? And 
Right now, they're already given the bare minimum, so adding more people into the prisons is only going to make it worse for them. So we're dehumanizing them by not giving them their proper treatment. That's a really compelling discussion. Um, I don't think any one of us can, could have said it any better, and I hope it, um, everyone who was listening understood it as well. Now, to what our viewers have been looking forward to, our speed round, we open up the discussion to our panel to talk about any personal thoughts or arguments um, about the recent topic that has struck America. But before we start, this freeform discussion may have graphic language or topics people don't like. If that's the case, please move on to our conclusion of the podcast. Um, our speed round topic is the NXIVM instance, and might it possibly occur in Nevada? Panelists, take it away. Okay, so NXIVM. I think it's pronounced NEXVM or something weird like that. It's just difficult to say, and it's in all caps everywhere, even though it's not an acronym. We're going with that. It was a sex cult run by um, a man named Keith Rayner and an actress, Allison Mack, from the series Smallville. And it was masquerading as a self-help organization. It's not your typical sex cult or sex trafficking ring where they just pick up people off the street or lure them into dark places. They, it was a very um, methodical, well-thought-out scheme that started back in 1998 when the organization was started and these women were tripped into thinking that they were becoming this part of self-help organization these powerful top rated women and it was only found out after 10 years because a woman named sarah edmondson who had a expose in the new york times and she was one who actually went through the brightening ceremony Okay, thank you for giving us insight on that, Meredith. Um, I would just like to point out that that's absolutely repulsive. I think it's so gross that um, women are going into this thinking it's a self-help group and then getting in there and then they're being forced to do things that they don't necessarily want to do and getting branded and getting treated like possessions. I just don't think that's right. And I don't think in any way that is consent. Yeah, I mean, women selling off women, sure, it hasn't been unheard of, but that doesn't make it right. I mean, sex trafficking, such as the one of the instance, it's a pressing issue that people have a right to be concerned about. And it happened in New York. What's to stop it from happening in Nevada? That's true, Emily. It's a really scary thought, like the huge what-ifs. We might think we live in a safe community, but so many people did in New York as well. And like Meredith said, this cult was going on for 10 years, a tragedy, and no one came forward sooner. Actually, I mean, Emily, they did. They were talking to state police, but the state police told them that they couldn't do anything only because these women went to the branding ceremony with their own free will and stayed of their own free will. They weren't being held in your traditional sense, but because they consented to the entire thing, the state police couldn't do anything. Um, That's really, really pretty crazy, if you ask me, Um, opening up to talk about maybe some specific facts or something like that. Meredith, you seem to be very well-versed in this topic. What did those, um, what did that kind of captivity look like for those women? So to gain admission to N- into NXIVM, they were required to give their recruiter, or they were called masters, and these masters are women, not men, to point out. And they were required, they were required to submit naked photographs and other compromising material, and were warned that this material might be publicly released if the group's existence was found out. Um, And to give some more perspective, I mean, this whole instance went on for approximately 10 years. I mean, that's a lot of time for something with a lot of indecent intentions to survive. Um, That's true. That's really... That's just... It's really sad to think about. Um, Also, I was reading into this, Meredith, and 
like you said, it was a pretty horrifying thing. And also, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn reportedly launched an investigation onto this um, NXIVM group. And Rainer fled to Mexico, the, the lead guy. So if you flee, then doesn't that make you guilty? Didn't also Allison Mack flee, too? Uh, she did, yeah. She fled to Mexico, so they're both there, but they're not in prison, so that's right. crazy. It would make sense, too, because I think I read that these branding ceremonies where they'd get stuck with a cattle prong made of Keith Rayner and Allison Mack's initials were happening at her house. Those are interesting points that you guys bring up. Um, I would just like to bring up the fact, like, is this a moral question? Like... These people obviously knew. You said the attorney, attorney's office knew, and they launched an investigation. The police knew. So are they morally right for not helping them? Because they knew. They knew something was going on. Even though they say it's consensual, it's really not because they're being held down and branded like an animal. That's not consent. According to the strict definition, because they were there of their own free will, and they didn't, they weren't being held there, they weren't, well, the brandy storm where they were being held down, they were there of their own free will. So, in, if you look at the definition of the word consent, it falls under consent, even though, when you look at the specifics of the investigation, it wasn't. But is it really considered consent when they go in thinking that it's a self-help group, and they go and get, like... They get branded, they get forced to do sexual acts. Is that consent? I don't think it is. I'd actually like to bring it back at the point that Sylvia brought in about these people actually knowing about it but not doing anything. And really, I mean, the realization that they knew but they never offered any assistance, it makes them see dehumanized in a way. But then again, there's this idea that should they be punished as well? I mean, there's also this idea that it's one thing to not know but take action later, but it's really another to know and then never do anything about it. Building off of Emily's point, should I sacrifice my safety for someone else's safety? Does that make me a selfish person or a person who is just human or someone who has a family and doesn't want to get involved for fear that their family could get hurt or or something like that? So moral question, you're right. It's it's a huge moral question. Um, amazing speed round, everyone. Thank you for Emily for being a great moderator, just keeping us on track as well. And before we let everyone go, I'd like to recap our podcast for our listeners who got to us late or anyone who skipped to the summary. Sophia, would you like to start off? Yes. Thank you, Emily. Um, so eliminating the statutes of limitations needs to be a part of Nevada's new legislature because there are so many victims here that are both men and women Um, And this would allow them to have security and safety knowing that the people who have hurt them are in prison for longer than just four years. And I agree with your point, Sophia. But if the statutes of limitation are abolished, then the amount of people staying in confinement would potentially cause chaos to the system. And overflowing prisons would cause more demand of resources when they might not be able to be obtained. And though this is essentially for those who deserve to have more time, it would bring harm to the prison systems. I think that prison overflow can be the least of our worries if more groups or companies like NXIVM start popping up all over the country and start targeting different age groups and genders if they start to spread out from older middle-aged women. Uh, Thank you for those great overviews, everyone, about the topics discussed. What a great panel we've had, and thank you to our listeners for sticking with us in the podcast, even through all of the controversy and concerning topics today. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Don't forget, next week's program, we're answering all of your questions. I'm Meredith. See you next time. I'm Sophia, and I hope you weren't too triggered. I'm mediator Emily, and I'm happy no fights broke out. And I'm your host, also Emily, and we hope you join the TMCC High School's All Women's Initiative podcast series next time. And that's all we have to say about that. Disclaimer, we are not sponsored by Ross. The ad was just for fun, and the music is not ours.